Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What are you going to do about what if? You can't do anything about it. So here's what Jesus says. Look at how powerfully Jesus talks about this. Because what if is always absolutely connected with fear and anxiety. Watch this. So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Because they don't have God in their life. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Healing, spiritual, emotional, whatever. There's sure lots of reasons to worry these days, aren't there? Rumors of war, political upheaval, and trade conflicts, the list can go on. And everywhere you look, some new guru has a book out trying to tell you how to survive these times and live your best life now. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about listening to and trusting the ultimate authority, God's Word. You'll hear what Jesus had to say about trusting in God rather than in yourself or another man. You'll learn why you should believe the Bible and what God said through its authors and what He wants to say to you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 39 as he continues his message, Only God can take the bad and make it good. Look at verse 2. Then Joseph directed the physicians in his service to embalm his father in Israel. Now remember, in those days, the Egyptians had this embalming process. We still don't understand really how they did it. So the physicians embalmed him. Well, look at this. Taking a full 40 days to embalm the body. For that was the time required for embalming. And the Egyptians then mourned him for 70 days. So 40 days of embalming, 30 days of mourning over him. These are Egyptians mourning over Jacob. Now, Joseph knew as he watched them doing that, he had one more favor to ask from Pharaoh. Now, remember, Pharaoh respected Joseph because of his work ethic, his honesty, his character that matched God. Look at verse 4. When the days of mourning had passed, Joseph said to the Pharaoh's court, the leaders, he wasn't going to address Pharaoh personally. He was allowing others to do this. If I have found favor in your eyes, speak to Pharaoh for me. Tell him, my father made me swear an oath and say, I'm about to die. Bury me in the tomb I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now let me, Pharaoh, please go up and bury my father. Then I will return. Now, Joseph had favor with Pharaoh all these years. So he pretty much knows since his dad asked this, this will not be a problem at all. Then look at verse 6. And Pharaoh said, go up, bury your father as he made you swear to it. So Joseph went to bury his father. All Pharaoh's officials accompanied him. 
the dignitaries of his court, and all the dignitaries of Egypt. Now, look how much Pharaoh respected Joseph. These, what do you call them? Dignitaries, they called them. Remember when President Bush passed. What do you have? People from all over the world, dignitaries, come. Well, this is exactly happening here. Pharaoh sends many of his hierarchy people to a funeral. Now, they don't believe in the same God at all. But he respected that. And those dignitaries went with him. Notice who else goes. Look how big this is. Besides them, all the members of Joseph's household, his brothers, and those belonging to his father's household, only their children and their flocks and their herds were left in Goshen. Now look how big this is. How in the world are they going to get there? Chariots and horsemen also went up with him. It was a very large company. No kidding. And when they reached the threshing floor of Atad near the Jordan, they lamented loudly and bitterly. And there Joseph observed a seven-day period of mourning for his father. Wow. Big, respective time for the life of Jacob. Verse 14. Go down to verse 14. After burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt. So a long trip, remember, days and days and days to get there, days and days to get back. They come back. They come back all the way to Egypt. After burying his father, Joseph returned to Egypt together with his brothers and all the others, the Egyptians and the Jewish people who had gone with him to bury his father. Now, this is an interesting thing. Verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead... They said, now if you write in your Bible, this is a good two words to write, because I'm going to have a lot to say about it. They said to themselves, not to Joseph, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? Now, what if is not a game. I used to talk about the what if as a game. It's not a game. It's Satan's path to worry. You see, what if means there's no trust in God. What if? Satan loves to attack our minds and fill it with worry. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I don't ever use that word. Oh, yes, you do. So do I. You go to the doctor, and he says, I'll call you next week if there's any need for more surgery or if the cancer is advanced. During those days, what are you playing But it's not plain. What if? What if I get the call? Or you wake up after you've had a surgery, and all of a sudden, something isn't right in your body. And you go, man, what what if this is an infection that I... Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? We all play those kind of things. And it's not a game. It's causing us worry. There's no peace. There's no joy. And it's like we control everything. No, we don't control everything. You'll learn at the end of the teaching today, our lives are not in man's hands. Our lives are in God's hands. Now think about it. Maybe you're out there. What if? What if? Well, what are you going to do about what if? You can't do anything about it. So here's what Jesus says. Look at how powerfully Jesus talks about this. Because what if is always absolutely connected with fear and anxiety. Watch this. So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers because they don't have God in their life. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Healing, spiritual, emotional, whatever. 
Look at it as it goes on now. Second part. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And he will give you how much? Everything you want. Oh, there's a few of you. You got it. Everything we want? How about what we want? No. Because some stuff we want isn't good for us. You've been eating it for the last three weeks. Now let's move on. (laughs) And he said he will give you everything you need. Let's read this together. Let's go. So don't worry about tomorrow. Well, why shouldn't I worry about tomorrow? How's this going to work? Did I get the right gift? What's it look like? No. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Hallelujah. No. Today's trouble, today's trouble is enough for today. Can I hear an amen right there? That's enough. That's enough. What happens tomorrow? That's God's deal. We'll work with it. We'll trust him. Amen. Now, notice what they're saying. They know that Jacob is dead. The father in an Israeli home, especially in those days, he ruled the roost. You obeyed the father. Now that Jacob is dead, Joseph's brother worry, they're left in the hands of Joseph in Egypt. He's the second most powerful man in Egypt. And somehow they believe this. He's going to find a way, now that dad's gone, to get even to get revenge and pay them back for all the evil they did. Do you know the Bible speaks a lot about revenge? Look at these verses, Romans 12, 19. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, God's judgment. For it is written, it is mine, God's, to pass the judgment, the to avenge. I will replay, says the Lord. Now look at Hebrews 10.30. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. See, sometimes when somebody does wrong against us, sometimes it was an accident, but we blame them. The judge, which is God, he's the only one that can rule our mind. He knows what we're thinking. He knows our motives. I don't know motives of other people because that's the inside. God knows it. He is a just judge. Now, what does this mean? Here's what you want to write this morning. Christ followers are not to get revenge. Don't you go after trying to pay back, but forgive and simply let God be God. God knows. He'll take care of it. Trying to get revenge and pay even will ruin your and my life. We simply cannot do it. Now, verse 16. So they sent word to Joseph. They said this together. What are we going to do? The brothers are just talking together. Look at me. They're just talking together. Man, he's going to get us. What are we going to do? So they're going to send word to Joseph. So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father Jacob left these instructions before you died. Now, everybody looks at me for a moment. What I'm going to read to you Quite a few commentaries and commentariers, people, they don't believe this is a true story at all. They believe that the brothers are making up this. You'll see what I mean when I walk through it. They don't believe Jacob said this at all, but they believe this was them trying to get an upper hand over Joseph. Well, look what supposedly Jacob said, which we don't know. We never will know till we get to heaven. 
Joseph, this is what we're to say to you from dad. Daddy sent to say this. Here we go. I ask you to forgive your brothers for the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of God of your father. And when the message came to him, Joseph wept. Now, why did Joseph weep with that kind of a thing? Because he knew this. His brothers who were standing before him refused to believe that Joseph had really forgiven them and that he loved them at all. But that's a lie. It just hurt Joseph. Think about Joseph's love for his brothers was proven, not just emotionally, not just in feelings, but in words and with action. He provided for them. Remember when the first trip to Egypt, when they went back to Israel, what did he do? He sent all the seed they needed, all the food they needed. And what else did he do? Remember, they paid money for it. He put the money where? Back in their bags. He was generous, almost to a fault. And then as you watch him, he's always soft. We saw all the way through the life of Joseph that he had forgiven. He didn't become bitter. And you'll see in a moment, he knew God was in control of this. So he became better by forgiving them. And it didn't just save them. Who brought the whole family there to save the nation? Joseph. So he's crying. He's weeping. How could you say, I don't love you and I didn't forgive you? That is wrong over and over. And look what he said a few months before. Actually now, years before. Look what he said. Don't talking to them. Don't be upset or afraid and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. He knows it was wrong. He knows it was a sin. He doesn't whitewash it. He says, but just, I know what you did. By the way, what was the first plan the brothers wanted to do? Kill him. He knew that as well. Second plan, put him in the pit and sell him. Then he says this. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me this place. Say it with me. It was, it was God. He says, I knew God was in control, who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. See, they didn't believe Joseph forgave at all. They doubted what Joseph said. Do you know there's times in our life we doubt the word of God. Let me give you an example. Have you ever said to God, and all of us have, I'll never do that again. <laughs> Am I right? And you do it again. And again. And again. And here's what Satan does. I'm going to read the verse. You know it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But Satan will come to us and say, are you kidding? You sin too much. God won't forgive you. You ever been there? Sure we've been there. We say, God, really? Do we deserve to be forgiven over and over again and promise him we'll never do again? No. But we don't deserve forgiveness. It's a gift of grace from God. 
That's his promise. So write this down. A guilty conscience. That's what Satan gives us. We refuse to believe God forgives, and here's the big one, and forgets our sins. Psalm 103 says it like this. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. What is that? That's immeasurable. You start traveling east, when do you start going west? There's no way to put that in any kind of a measurement. It's impossible to say. When we're saved, our sins are forgiven and totally forgotten. Look at Hebrews 8.12. I will forgive their wickedness and what? Remember their sins no more. That deserves an amen right now. So who brings up our sins to us? Satan. He doesn't want us to be free. He doesn't want us to believe the words that I just read to you. He forgives and forgets. Now, not remembering is not what we usually think about as forgetfulness. You know, God doesn't have Alzheimer's, so he can't remember my sins. God is omniscient. He knows everything. He forgets nothing. But God chooses not to remember our sins since he's already forgiven them. And they're where? They're in the past. Now, even though God remembers our sins no more, Satan lies to us. You're guilty. You're guilty. And I just want to say this to you. When Satan brings up an old sin that's been forgiven and forgotten, you just say to him, let me remind you of where you're going. And where is Satan going? To hell. Yeah. I'm going to heaven because God's word is true and you're a liar. Amen? Don't allow him to do that. He loves to bring condemnation. No, God brings conviction. Satan loves to bring condemnation. So here's Joseph. He's weeping. His brothers refuse to believe. He loves them and he forgave them. Now look at this. In verse 18, his brothers then came and threw themselves down. By the way, I want you to write this verse. I don't want to skip this one. This is important. Believe God forgives our sins and remembers them no more because that's where freedom comes. You should enjoy your walk with God, even though we still sin. His promises are true. So that's where freedom is. If you're condemned, Pastor Mark, how did you know I did that again? I didn't know, but he knew. But you're already forgiven and it's forgotten. Amen? That's freedom. We don't walk in bondage. We don't walk in bondage. Not at all. Now, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. They're still going with the deal. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Well, of course he isn't in the place of God. Who helped Joseph forgive his brothers? God did. God did. Like Joseph, we know that God is a just God, and he always does what's right. So here's the final thing I want to give you. When Joseph learned this, even with this response to his brothers, he doesn't get angry. He isn't going to try to get revenge. Look at this next statement. Christ followers don't take revenge. We forgive and let God be God. I'm not the judge. Just let it go by. Let God be the God. 
Then he ends up with these amazing statements. You intended, verse 20, to harm me. Here's two more words to circle in your Bible. But God. All over the scripture, we see those two words, but God. You remember Ephesians chapter 2? You were all, including me, born dead in our trespasses and sins. You get down to verse 4 or 5, somewhere in there, and it says, but God sent Jesus, and I'm no longer dead. I'm alive in Jesus. Now, how did that happen? Because I was a good boy. No, but God. See, when God intervenes in our life, things change. So look what he says again. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Now, here's our question that we open with. How did Joseph end up in Egypt? Did he end up there because of the evil treatment of his brothers? Or did he end up there because of God's plans? The answer is yes. Pastor Mark, how can that be an answer? Well, let's think about it for a moment. It was both. Now, what you see on the screen, look at that on the screen. It's very important for you to see it. It's two words that we'll never understand totally. The first thing is, The sovereignty of God. He's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. The second thing is the free will of man. On the earth, who had the first choice to do what they wanted to do, not what God said? Adam and Eve. They had the what? Free will. Right? They said, we're not going to obey you. By the way, that's what an unbeliever is. They just want to do their own thing. They said, God, you told us not to go over there. We don't care. We're going to do it on our own. We're going there. Free will. Okay? Now, did God sovereignly know that they would disobey him? How do we know that? Because before the earth was created, Jesus was already known to go to the cross to pay for whose sins? All of our sins. Adam and Eve, specifically what? Their DNA is in us. We were born a sinner in the same way. So you have free will. You have the free will of man doing evil. Now, when they did evil, who allowed them to do evil? God. Could he have stopped them? Yes. Why didn't he? Because he didn't want robots. Can you imagine? Now, some of you will get dolls for your kids, and you can pull a little thing in there. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. Maybe that's too old, whatever. That's what they used to do. Now, it's brains in them or something. I don't know what it is. But how would you like one of your children never talks until they're three, and they come up to you? Daddy, I'm told to love you. I'm told to love you. I'm told to love you. Would you quit pulling my string? I'm told to love you. Oh, honey, that's so refreshing for me. I told you, I think not. In today's teaching, you were reminded of the favor Joseph still had with Pharaoh and how much God had blessed Joseph. Pastor Mark taught that this all happened because Joseph was willing to trust God through all of the hard times. Joseph's believing that God was able to bring him through anything made it possible for Joseph to see beyond his daily hardships. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll wrap up Pastor Mark's teaching, Only God Can Take the Bad and Make It Good. You'll be able to look back over the events of Joseph's life and see a bit of God's forward plan as well. You'll learn how God uses the events of your life to get you in the place where you can do the maximum good for His kingdom. Pastor Mark will talk about the importance of having that proper mindset. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue this series, Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is given